Special thanks to our adult choir for sharing the beautiful anthem with us. And for Janet Day, Molly Pufal Brown, who directed them, and Lynn Key, who accompanied them. Thank you so much. Thanks also to Mary Huss for reading our scripture readings tonight. And thanks to all of you for being who you are and for being a part of the service this day. On Sunday night, I hadn't heard the news in coming from worship in the afternoon to that of senior high that evening when a whole group of our senior high youth and adults were sent out into the neighborhoods to see if they could collect as much food as they could for our Waukesha food pantry. And so it wasn't until I got to the Stanley's house when they broke the news to me of what had just occurred hours before in Waukesha. And when you hear news like that, your, your mind can't even fully process what you're hearing. Can't fully make sense of it. There are no words. There are no words to say in response to something so tragic, to something so devastating, to something that we can't even fully imagine. There are no words. There are no words to try to explain it either. No words that will change what has happened or that will take away the pain of what has happened. There are no words in a situation like that. And so often, we also fear what we are to do. We fear not knowing what to say even when in reality there is nothing to say. And if we fear to the point that we start pulling back, hiding away, then we also forget the power that simply being present has. We forget the power that praying fervently for one another, everyone affected, has. We forget the power that light has over every darkness. There are no words for what happened at the holiday parade in Waukesha on Sunday night. Monday night, there was a vigil that was put together by the civic leaders of that community and other interfaith groups of Milwaukee and our own Brookfield Elm Grove network. And all of the people who spoke that night were kind of unbelievable. People who were still dealing with their own grief and shock and sadness and pain and also recognizing the pain of so many others. Among the people that spoke were the mayor and the fire chief, the police chief, and a member from the school district of Waukesha and other faith religious and religious leaders, people who have been impacted by violent tragedy in the past. And it was so good to hear the things that each of them shared. They had no words to offer comfort. They had no words to take away the pain for which people were gathering. But the words that they shared 
the power that their presence spoke that night were the things that will also be remembered. And of the things that they all shared, there was a theme that ran through each of them. And it was one of thanks. Thanks for all of the first responders who were right there, who were doing everything that they can. For all of the people who came out from the crowds trying to offer help. For everyone else who tried to get kids and others away as safely as possible. They offered thanks to everyone from the community and outside of the community who had offered prayers of support and offering to do whatever they could to stand with the community of Waukesha. They offered thanks for all of the people receiving those who were hurt, who were caring for them. They offered thanks for being there present with them that night during the vigil. It was a powerful reminder that while it would have been so easy to just focus on the why, that the question worth focusing on is the who. And to give thanks for the who, to give thanks for all of these people everywhere who were responding, to give thanks for a God who is with us in our midst, crying with us when we are crying, laughing with us when we have something to rejoice about, and always being with us when we most need God's presence. One of them shared about how, as this week of Thanksgiving is upon us, there is still so much for which we can give thanks. And so we can't completely be focused on the grief and our pain and our shock and confusion and our anger and frustration. But we also have to focus on how much we have to be thankful for. Thankful for all of these first responders who risk their life, who put their lives in harm's way in order to help and to protect and to save someone else. To give thanks for all of the second responders among us, people, doctors and nurses, healthcare workers, everywhere who receive and work so hard and tirelessly to treat people and care for them in the most difficult of circumstances. For all of the people beyond that, maybe the third responders, counselors who are gathered in the school district for our kids, in places all across the community, at Carroll University, at local uh, places of worship, and among groups of friends gathering together the power of being able to have a space for people to talk and share and heal. The power that the fourth responders have among us too. Those who care for families who mourn. All those funeral homes who are with us at the very worst times of our life to offer great love and compassion 
to take care of our loved ones in a respectful way. There is so much for which we have to give thanks for. And so it was amazing to hear from all of their words of this reminder that we can't fear, that we can't fear not having the words, that we forget the power that our presence has, which speaks louder than the words that come from our mouths. There was a friend of my son's, a classmate, uh, who wasn't in school on Monday, and neither were her two younger siblings. And so when he came home from school on Monday night, he immediately said she was at the parade and had gotten hit and was at the hospital. And hoping in my mind that she and her family were just suffering from a bad cold, I hoped it wasn't true. But of course it was. Now in that situation, she has a lot of pumps and bruises, but was able to come home from the hospital. But you know that the trauma from that night is going to be with her and her family well beyond those bruises. But I told George the next day as he went to school that she might not be with them in their class that day, but when he saw her next, he could just go up to her and say, I'm really glad to see you and just see where she was at. Give her some space, if she didn't want to talk about anything, to not ask any questions. But if she did want to talk, just give her the space to be able to share and go through what happened, to try and start to process, to try and heal, to just simply listen. That is so powerful for anyone who has experienced anything difficult in their life. Even in the midst of any darkness we experience in life, the light still shines bright. And for every way it appears, with its presence, with its love, with its support, we can give great thanks for that. And we also give great thanks for the six people who now dwell in God's eternal light, for the light that they shined throughout their life, for the gifts that they shared, for who they continue to be. Whatever the Thanksgiving table looks like at your house this year, whether it's just your household, whether you have the computer set up on the kids' table to be connected by Zoom with the rest of your family, whatever it looks like, if you have family gathered from room to room, you have two options for the day. The first is this. No words, no talking, because you'd rather avoid having to talk 
anyway. You'd rather avoid getting into all of the arguing about whatever topic, whatever issue, whatever opinion. You'd rather avoid talking about how someone thinks you should be doing something or how you're doing something wrong. Because you'd rather avoid listening to all of the noise because you just want to sit and watch the game in quiet and peace. No words. Maybe because you don't really totally know how to share what it is that you feel deep within. And so you don't. You don't sh share any of those feelings. Your second option, though for tomorrow and for every day of your life, is to not stop talking. To not stop talking in a way that recognizes the power of choosing intentionally to talk to the people who have gone through a dark time, who have faced a dark situation, a sad, hard, challenging, painful situation, and give them some space to talk of the power of being able to intentionally choose to talk to the ones who make a conversation really difficult to have. The power of choosing to intentionally talk to the people who are overlooked. Maybe it's a young child, or maybe it's an older person who can't hear the conversation so well. Maybe it's someone who doesn't always fit in so well. Choosing to be so bold as to make a point to, to start sharing memories that you have. Like the time when your grandmother was at the kitchen sink washing the dishes from the Thanksgiving dinner and all the daughters were around her helping to rinse and dry and put away dishes who were also having some hot flashes of their own as they were doing that. And all of a sudden, quietly, your grandma happens to say, I think I'm losing my water. To which all of those uh, aunts and mothers burst out into laughter, so much so that all the grandkids who are in the next room have to come and find out what is going on. And when they come into the room, they see all of them laughing to the point of crying while they're standing and washing the dishes. And in sharing the story once again, it allows you to just simply give thanks for each and every one of them. Hey, remember that time when I came back for the Thanksgiving Eve after George was born. And John thought it would be a really great idea to give me one line in a vignette as a way to include me in the service. And so all night I had been working on memorizing my one line. And when it came time for the line in the vignette, I walked up to the front and then I had no words.
Believe it or not, you probably remember that time. Or maybe, maybe you remember the time last Thanksgiving Eve. We had a kind of another time of darkness right before that. COVID, schools being closed, going to virtual, the loss of Joanne Tom, our director of Christian education for so many decades here. And then on top of all of that, we were outside in the parking lot at Christ the King leading worship in the pouring rain. And though I couldn't see the light from anyone's face, there was light shining bright through the headlights of everyone's car and through the construction lamps that were right beside me. And it was a powerful reminder to me. And I, I am sure that I could not stop talking in that sermon because even in the midst of the darkness of that moment, there was so much to say. There was so much to hold on to, to give thanks for the ways in which our God was in our midst. There is always so much to be able to give thanks for. Sometimes the darkness makes it hard to see and to remember. So thank you. Thank you for sharing this life journey with me as we walk together as God's people. Thank you for sharing the life of faith with me. Thank you for your patience and compassion on those days when I have no words. And thank you for your patience with me when I can't stop talking either about how much our God has done for us. We can't stop, people of God. Not today, not ever. And so, remember. Remember always the power of your presence, even when there are no words. Be present in whatever way you are able to, and respond. Don't be afraid of making a space for people who need to be able to talk. And don't be afraid to start the conversation by remembering the memories of the past that lead us to also remembering how much we have to give thanks for. Don't forget, people of God, your light shines bright. Amen.